This is 212 Athlete, the podcast with your host, Adrian Gomez. Hey everybody, this is Adrian Gomez with 212 Athlete. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have Dr. Dan talking about what we should do as players when we are sitting the bench behind someone like Tim Lincecum, like I sat behind my freshman year. And also, as parents, what can we do and what are what are our responsibilities as parents if we're seeing our kids struggle in these situations? Um, advice from Dr. Dan will help you figure these things out and make the best decision to make your child a better player and not to mention a better person. We are going to talk uh, to Dr. Dan about two scenarios, and I'm going to walk. I'll be the patient, and we're going to talk about playing time as a player and uh, maybe some difficulties that arise, um, and then also uh, being a parent, um, dealing with maybe poor performance of your child and what you should do. Um, so, Dr. Dan, we we had, uh, when I was at Washington, we had conversations I distinctly remember sitting the bench behind Tim Lincecum, and Tim Lincecum was pretty damn good. <laughs> and, yeah, he was, uh, he, was, he was average. Yeah, Lincecum was average. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, I feel like I had some really high expectations for myself, which is a good thing, but at the same time, yeah. as a freshman, it put a lot of anxiety, um, a lot of stress on me that yeah. probably could have, been avoided and and I think our conversations really helped me figure that out as as I was in in college. So, uh what advice would you give um uh, players and parents of players that maybe are sitting the bench um behind someone, you know, more talented or maybe even less talented? Right. Well, <clears throat> well, there, there, there are a lot of reasons why people sit on the bench, Adrian. You know, people sit on the bench because there are people ahead of them that are more talented. People sit them on the bench because um, um, they're not uh, physically or, or emotionally prepared to get to the next level. Sometimes people sit on the bench because of their attitude, and some people just sit on the bench because they sit on the bench. And mm-hmm. one of the things I think that we have to realize, which is very, very hard in sports, is that sports uh, involves uh, a big concept of sports involves learning. And so we sit on the bench for a variety of reasons. And when we sit on a bench, it's very important to take a step back and examine why are we here, what's going on, why am I sitting here. Sometimes, you know, there, there's, there, there's a real reason and sometimes there's not. I mean, there, there can be a reason why a person's sitting on a bench. And, quite, and I'll be very honest with you, they shouldn't be sitting on a bench. And that's a time at which a person wants to examine their athletic career and maybe move to another school or maybe move on. And these are very, you know, these are very hard things to examine. But the most important thing here is as, as we develop as athletes, we need to seek out and find out what those reasons are. Once we find out what those reasons are, then we're able to find out what the next step should be. In your case, you know, you sat on the bench, you observed a very successful player, you learned a lot, and you wanted to play. And so what you did was is you went to another school and you ended up playing. And so these are options that are available for kids. But I think the most important thing is, like anything else, we have to look at the situation and say, why am I here? And get as much input as we can in a respectful way. And then from there we make a decision. 
Right. I think you bring up a really good point. Uh, number one, that creating options for ourselves and not thinking that you know life is is the way that it is and we we, we can't change it. And yeah, there's um, no reason to sit on a bench and say, "Gee, I got screwed." I mean, the most important thing to do is is think. We teach athletes to think, and you know, I like you was an athlete. You know, I, I, I sat on the bench when I played football for a long time, and I finally looked at the coach and said, why am I so good and am I sitting on the bench? You know, his answer to me was, when you develop the right attitude and you don't think you're so good and you become a team player, then I'll move you up. And I remember I told my father, thinking that he would back me up and say, yeah, the coach is wrong, and guess what my father said? What do you say? Coach is, coach is right. So what you need to do is you need to get your you-know-what together if you want to play. And I did. And I did. Most definitely. And so, and we think, and we think as kids that we're sometimes more ready than we really are. And sometimes it's it's a good thing to listen to a coach. And I'm not going to lie to you. Sometimes it's a very political situation, and you get caught in the middle. Mm-hmm. But as I said, it takes it, it takes a real man, it takes a real woman to take a step back and say, "Am I here because I should be, or am I here for the wrong reasons?" And then make a decision from there. For sure. I think, I think what you bring up as, as well in, in, in your book, your stress book, um, the book about, um, you know, how to manage stress successfully that, you know, we all have the ability to change and, and to, first of all, just to think through the problem yeah. and, and use our brains. Um, and and get feedback really from other people. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I, I remember I, I'm watching this guy pitch the other day. And I, he said to me, I just can't get my velocity up. And I said to him, you know, your release point changes with every pitch. He says, it does not. He's very <laughs> upset with me. And you've gone through this. Yes. And I said, well, that's why you're on the bench. Number one, you don't believe me. And number two, you get argumentative rather than listen. Now, I can guarantee you I can increase your velocity if you listen to me. It was a very hard conversation. Yeah. He says, you're wrong, Dr. Dan. So I said, give me your phone. Now, pitch. And I videotaped him. And guess what? He said, I'm really sorry, Dr. Dan. <laughs> I said, yeah, phones don't lie, do they? You stole the cookies out of the cookie jar. So right. I think as a player, it's very important um, to emphasize three things. Number one, ask the right questions. Number two, think your way through the whole thing. And number three, you know, go ahead. You're, you're, you're 17, 14, 15, 16, 19. Um, it's okay to look at your options. If you are pitching at a big school and you're not ready to pitch for the big school, you know, there's, there's no, uh, there's no uh, uh, sacrifice to your dignity and saying, you know what, maybe I'm not D1. Maybe I, can, I could do better in D2. There's no right. sacrifice in doing that at all. Right. Because I think a lot of, especially with, with the players that I work with, I think a lot of the parents think that uh, D1 is the only answer. And the fact of the matter is, it might be a better option to play a community college. A kid is, is so good that he actually plays community college ball and right. is able to get drafted quicker. <clears throat> um, right. So there are other situations. Every every person has a specific situation, and, and D1 is not always the answer. Everybody develops differently. Everybody yeah. develops differently. And, and, you know, not everybody develops the same way. Make your decisions, but make sure they're well thought out with the right feedback and you've talked mm-hmm. to the right people before you say, boy, what a you-know-what, I'm never playing for him or her again. You know what I mean? For sure. And, that, I mean, that's that's the conversation we had 
when I was in college, and that's also the same conversation I had with my father. My my father said, you know, obviously there there's some improvements that you have to make. Right. And and so I he said, put your head down and work. And I wasn't able to travel with the team. Um, yeah. They only they only take 25 players. And yeah. so that that lit a fire underneath me. And by the end of the year, I was starting on Saturday nights behind Tim Lincecum, which is actually a pretty pretty big feat as a freshman. That's uh, fair. But, but it's it took fair. me it took me a while. <laughs> it took me a while to get yeah. that spot. You know, it wasn't it wasn't easy, and it, it mentally. It was hard because I felt like it, I was better we, than I was. You know, if if we want anything in life, you've got to work hard. You know, people look at me and they say, oh, gosh, I bet you being a Dr. Dan is really kind of cool. And I went, you weren't there when I was going to school for 12 years when my father passed away and I didn't have any money to pay for school. And, I, you know, it gets to the point where you're working so hard and going to school so much, you don't know if you changed those clothes yesterday or today. I mm-hmm. mean, people aren't there. They see the end result. We see a guy who's signing a multi-million dollar contract. You know, it, it's interesting. They took one of these pitchers and they 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 uh, took him back to where he lived down in the Dominican. You know, and and he lived impoverishedly. He lived impoverishedly. Go days without eating food, and all he did was work and work and work. And there, and and I think that if you want what you want, whether it's D one, D two, and and uh, you want to find out if you're ready. You know what they say after you throw a ball? Throw it again. And when you throw it at, throw it again. I mean, there's nothing more important than using your brains, having a good work ethic, and and really talking and talking to your coaches. And then when you're done talking to your coaches, you talk to them again. Yep. That's it. So let's let's, let's transition into a a parent. So let's say, as, as me, you know, my kids are young. Um, and I know when my when my daughter first came into soccer, her first sport, yeah, I, I was really stressed out, and I wanted her to be amazing right away. And I there was some unforeseen uh, expectations that I was placing on her. And looking back at that season and how stressed out I was, I kind of feel like an idiot because you've given me the tools to kind of step back and allow my kids to develop properly and let the coaches right. do the job. So right. what, what would you say to a parent, especially a young parent as like, like, like myself, Yeah. what advice would you give to parents? I give you two pieces of advice. Number one, it is not your experience. It's your kids. Let them do it. Let them do it the way they want to do it. And number three, or number three, number two, trust the coaches. Let the coaches coach your kids. You're a parent. You've done a good job. She's, you know, the, she or he is playing really, really well. And the most important thing that you do really is understand, you know, let them have their experience. It is not your experience to have. Not anymore. You did, you did your time. You did your sports. Let them have their time and their experience and enjoy it. And as they say, you know, I, I, as I said this many, many times before, the best advice I ever heard was the advice that Brett Hall, the hockey player, gave on Hockey Night in Canada. He said, they asked him, they said, what advice do you give parents uh, for kids? And you know what his advice was? You're going to love this. <laughs> he said, keep your mouth shut unless you have something positive to say. And even when they don't perform well, say, good job. And, and right. he, he go, good, 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 good job. Get it out of your mouth. <laughs> it's, it's very important for the parents. You know, as parents, hey, look, you did a good job. You got coaches. Take a step back. You can give advice if you want. 
you can help out if you want. We all played some sport. We all might know something, but you know, uh, kids don't listen to parents. That's just the nature of the beast. And then they go to the coach, and the coach gives them the same information, and all of a sudden the kid says, what a genius that coach was. And then the parent kicks themselves and says, but I was telling you the same thing. Yeah, so for the that parents, happens to me every week. Every week. Well, that's because parents don't know anything. Yeah. We never will. We never, we're not, in the eyes of our kids, we never will. And so the most important thing is to understand is their experience, take a step back, and, you know, trust the coaches. If it's the wrong coach, switch the coach. I mean, come on, you have options as a parent as well. But let the kids have their – it's their time. It is not – you had your time. It's their time. If you want your time, join an adult softball league, adult baseball league, and do your own thing. But let the kids have their experience and just enjoy. I think you brought up an amazing point there is that, that the parents, what they can control is the coach. You can choose what coach – you are are going to have for your child and then once you've made that choice you know respect the choice that you've made because you you got him to that spot or with that coach and right. I, and i uh i think that's that's what you know parents have have responsibility over i i was taking my my daughter's taking tennis lessons and she's working with a um older older guy yeah. I, I, don't, I don't i don't want to insult you but he's 65 um, but he's, he's still, I'm hanging still, up right now. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he's been around the block, man. Been around. You, what's that famous? There's a famous line and it's my favorite, favorite line in all the movies. It was a scent of a woman. Yeah. Al Pacino. And I love it when he questions his experience and I love it when he's just a kid. I've been around, you know, <laughs> so you know, right. so we old we old folks we you know you can tell us anything you want but I got I got one thing on you I've been around you know what I mean that's it's for sure and 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 what what he does with my daughter is uh, over over time over the last year seeing her develop she's she's gone from uh, you know zero to sixty uh, but it's taken a it's taken a full year and well, um, it's just trusting on, trusting. Right, Adrian. These are kids. It's going to take time. I mean, parents think they, they, parents are just like kids in a way that they think everything's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, it, it takes time. It takes time to develop. And 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 and, and I said I, I said before in our earlier conversation, uh, this is a real good time to keep your mouth shut. It's a real good time to be patient, and it's a real good time when you see something really really bad happening. It, it let them figure it out because if you figure it out for them for them, they're not going to learn anything. Most Nobody definitely. learns anything. Nobody learns anything. You, you know. You know what? You know how I learned how to drive a stick shift. Huh. So I'm in downtown Seattle, and I'm on a hill. And my father had this. We, 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 he had this wonderful old '63 Mercedes Benz. And I said to my father, I said, "Dad, will you, will you, will you take the steering wheel?" He said, "No." I said, "Well, if I try to shift up the hill, I'm going to back into the truck." My father said, "Well, here's the deal. If you want to learn how to drive a stick shift." You're either going to back up into the truck or you're going to go straight up this hill. I got a feeling you're going to go straight up this hill. And every time I'm in Seattle, as old as I am, as you you know you know made that reference to, as old as I am, every time I'm on a hill, I hear my father's voice saying, "You're not going to back up and hit that truck. You can drive straight up the hill." And that's right. kind of how it goes, you know. And so you, you you made a very important point that you don't even know you made. You used a very important word, okay? And you use that word over and over in every fro- every podcast we do. These are kids, K-I-D-S. 
These mm-hmm. are KIDS, capital K-I-D-S. And you are not a capital K-I-D anymore. You are a capital P-A-R-E-N-T. So be a parent and let them be a kid. Let them enjoy the experience. And as frustrating as it is for you, if it becomes that frustrating, I suggest therapy. You can call Dr. Dan and we'll take care of it. Yeah. Call, call honestly, guys. <laughs> honestly, parents, parents, please. If, if you're struggling, you just just within a few minutes, you know, I, I watched my mindset change, and for the next two weeks after that conversation, uh, man, I noticed a huge difference in my life. And, yep. and honestly, call Dr. Dan. Um, it's it's going to be well worth your time and money um, to do so, and it's also going to benefit your children because as a better parent, the yeah. kids are going to have a better life. And if you follow my advice, you're going to need counseling because it's doing things you've never done before. Most definitely. We're asking you to be patient. We're asking you to keep your mouth shut. We're asking you to let them enjoy their experience. We're asking you to objectify the parenting experience and let the kids play ball. And the parent's going to go, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) So you go, call Dr. Dan, crisis hotline, crisis baseball hotline. Dr. Dan, help me, help me, help me. Right. (laughs) Right. Anyway. Well, I'll, I'll leave you. I'll leave you with this: that that the coach the other day told me is Coach Kim is at Mountain View High School, and he said, uh, "Give me nine years." And I was like, "Okay." Yep, that's <laughs> it's right. almost a decade. That's that's what it takes, man. It takes that's time. Right. It takes that's time. That's right. Well, I'll leave you with this. All right, you ready for this thought? Yes, I am. Better better to do something uh, that takes a long time and do it right than to do it quick and screw it up. Yep. And that's what I do as a parent, and that's why I'm trying to change. That's right. But, you know, you and I will know each other for another nine years, so there's still hope for you left. Yeah, I, you know, that's why I keep calling you, man. That's why I keep calling you. Thanks for listening to 212 Athlete, the podcast. 